0: hedge fund manager for SaberPoint Capital Management.
1: I'm Dan Krawczyk. I'm a neuroscientist and professor at the University of Texas at Dallas, and together we explore mental models, that is, how we view the world and what the world gives us for feedback. It's not a brain in a jar.
0: That's the gist.
1: Episodes 47 and 51 of the Mental Models podcast featured discussions about motivation and basic human values. Two of our most profound core values are benevolence and universalism, which have to do with enhancing society for those around us. If you enjoyed these episodes and want to learn more, we wanted to pass along information on a virtual one-hour talk called Compassion in Action, which is hosted by the UT Dallas Center for Brain Health. In this talk, I'll share information about how compassion works at the level of the brain and how we can increase it toward everyone's benefit. My co-presenter will be Bonnie Pittman, Director of Art and Science Innovation at the Center for Brain Health. Bonnie's the former director of the Dallas Museum of Art. She'll guide us in practical methods that we can use in our daily lives to increase compassion. This talk takes place virtually on September 17, 2020, at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. It's free to access, and you can do so by registering at brainhealth.com. Go to the virtual Sips and Science tab, so grab your favorite beverage and join us to learn how to enhance your compassion during these unusual times. If you've been enjoying episodes of the Mental Models podcast, you'd likely enjoy reading Understanding Behavioral Bias, a Guide to Improving Financial Decision Making. George and I co-authored this book, Merging Our Knowledge, to provide you with an authoritative guide where our money-related biases come from and also what we can do about them. Material from Understanding Behavioral Bias is now included within the legendary Harvard Case Studies Content Library. Harvard Case Studies is widely used across the worlds of finance and business, and it's recognized as being one of the top repositories of leading-edge financial content. The book is available in both print and Kindle versions on Amazon. So buy it, read it, and improve your process.
0: Okay, this is the Basic Human Values Theory, Part 1 of 2. Welcome back to the Middle Models Podcast. Today, uh, we're going to explore a topic uh, that's related to a topic we talked about some time ago, right, Dan?
1: That's right. In episode number 3... back last year, we had talked about value, what it is, how it works, and given a whole variety of daily life examples. And we thought that was a very deep topic and one we wanted to revisit so much of uh, our investing lives. And in fact, just our our purpose in life is driven by our personal values, um, what we find rewarding, what we find interesting. And uh, it turns out there is uh, some really interesting science that cuts across cultures that we wanted to bring up in this uh, first episode. This will be a two-parter. Um, on basic human values
0: theory, initially. Yeah, here we're looking at the motivations that actually drive people. What it is that causes them to get up in the morning and make a decision as to what type of actions that are actually going to take. Uh, and this is going to be important for understanding ourselves, understanding uh, certainly managements and their motivations, what decisions they're going to make, and you know to some degree the counterparties that we're engaging with in the marketplace uh, to try to have a deeper understanding of what they may do next based off of that those value criteria.
1: And this is a great mental models topic because it has both the effect of understanding other people's motivations and predicting their behaviors. But in doing that, we can't help but learn something about ourselves and how we see the world. And so uh, you would imagine this is going to be a real uh, can of worms topic where it could go all over the place and that everyone's different. Um, the reality of it is if if you uh, look at the science on values, it turns out there are some striking consistencies. Generally, most people will express um, a universal set of values. It's just that they'll vary based on how they uh, tend to express them. to They're all there in each of us. It's just they're they're kind of stronger in certain people and weaker in others, And they're plastic and malleable through our lifespan. So as we mature and as we move, uh, through our life we may express some of these tendencies uh, a little bit more or less than other times and so this is work we'll be a, we'll be talking about the basic human values theory of Shalom Schwartz who was a cross cultural researcher and Schwartz was doing a whole variety of surveys around the world and in order to make it into his theory of basic human values these would have to be tendencies that he observed across cultures all around the world so that it wasn't limited to any one Um, particular group and their value system. This is meant to be about human beings overall and their values. And so it's important on this one. We highly encourage you to visit mentalmodelspodcast.com and look at the show notes where we will have the uh, pie chart that summarizes this theory. The pie chart is important to think about, and George and I will go through each of the areas of the pie chart. Um, The reason it's a pie chart and why that's relevant is some of these values will oppose one another And they'll be across from one another in the pie chart. And if they're next to one another, that means they're highly correlated and very related. So every one of us has our own uh, pie chart that has strengths and weaknesses within this to some degree.
0: Yeah, it may be a helpful exercise after we go through all of this to think about what your values are, where it is that you may fall within uh, these various factors uh, that drive your decision making. And it can, maybe it can be somewhat enlightening to understand ourselves. But uh, I'll go ahead and kick off uh, talking about a couple of the different uh, values. And uh, then Dan will come back with uh, some of the opposing values that actually show up on the pie chart. So this really is helpful if you can go to the website and pull up the pie chart and see these. You may you may just visualize them as, as we talk about them. So the first thing we're going to talk about... Uh, There's really four different areas that uh, are covered by um, Schwartz's theory. Uh, Those are openness to change with conservatism on the other side, and then self-transcendence with self-enhancement in opposition. So I'm going to start kind of describing conservatism. This is just our basic sense of uh, wanting to have things like security where you want to have safety, stability within day-to-day uh, relationships that you have with people uh, and, uh, you know, being being safe, basically. Avoiding uh, situations where uh, your life may be in peril, uh, you know, the avoidance of things like uh, violent crime or things of that nature. And then along with that and closely aligned to it uh, are the, are the value of, Uh, conformity being included within the group suppressing uh, impulses that could actually violate social order uh, and and connected with this are things like traditions uh, that we use to preserve continuity and stability and security in society sometimes religion tends to come within this uh, purview And the idea is that we have a commitment to the way things have been in the past, uh, to the ideas of our forefathers, so that we have consistency. Uh, If you think about a lot of uh, what the root of fear and uh, of uh, being unsettled, it is the unknown. So conservatism looks to preserve what has been in the past so that we minimize that area of the unknown. We've also talked about that in a prior podcast. Yeah, definitely important stuff. So when you think about those conservative values, they
1: tend to be what bind together a culture or a tribe or a society. So some very basic um, ideas there that that many people will, will show during their lifespan at some point. I'm going to talk about the opposition to cons- conservation, which is openness to change. And so these are um, two values pairs that comprise that. The first one being self-direction, which is all about independent thought and action. So bucking the trend, going against the group, uh, making different choices, striking out on your own, being creative, and and having a tendency to explore. And that's most uh, opposing the security value. So um, if you're high on self-direction, you're in a sense one of those people who's kind of on the on the edge of the culture and trying to find your own path uh, charting a new direction um, that comes with risk, right so so this is one where um, it, it makes sense that that opposes security because you're in some sense giving up security. Uh, you're giving up um, fitting in with the group and striking out on your own. now you might you might become uh, wealthy and powerful and set a new trend doing this, but you might pay a very big social penalty. Um, in the process. Now, the other component of openness to change is stimulation, and this is uh, a separate value that's related, and that has to do with our sense of excitement, seeking out new uh, experiences in life, seeking out challenges. I think in American culture in the 21st century, we we generally value stimulation a great deal because it has this very active component to it. Um, I think about uh, when you're an adolescent. You really seem to be high on this sort of stimulation value, what what you find engaging and interesting, uh, seeking out new experiences, um, and that tends to also be related to our, our uh, sense of independent thought as well.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting if you think about this in terms of uh, political persuasions, perhaps – uh, the Republican Party would be more associated with conservatism and then in, in, in the United States the Democratic Party would be more uh, associated with openness to change. Uh, so it's interesting to think about these to some degree because you can see them in those frames uh, where you know you have uh, more uh, a, a social liberalism versus you know a, a, a very conformist or uh, consistent uh, uh, traditional, and view it's, of, the, right, of society. It's interesting like,
1: historically,
0: too, because it feels like we're in different
1: times where the conservative uh, side, the Republican Party, is kind of undergoing this change where, where they have a lot of uh, the sort of liberal values sometimes embedded in this changing dynamic. And likewise, uh, the, on the liberal side, you, you see Democrats sometimes having um, trying to cope with should they ch- move from a tradition or Parties always think about this: how much do we represent the party line versus something new? And um, there's not one simple answer.
0: Yeah, and it's it's interesting. These two value, uh, sets of values uh, make sense that they're opposed to each other uh, because you do want to have continuity within society, but you also need to have society to be open enough to deal with the fact that things do change and the environments change. You know, we do have progress. There's a big difference in the world today and how we live from a socioeconomic perspective versus what it looked like 100 years ago or 200 years ago or 300 years ago. Just massive, massive differences. Uh, And, you know, you need to be able to have some degree of liberalism just to be able to cope with these developments that go along. But that's a little bit like we warned before at the beginning of this, that it's easy to move beyond the scope of the conversation. And I'm kind of doing that right yeah, and now. And we'll move into
1: more of the depth of this in uh, part two of this episode. So for right now, let's let's stick back to this, uh, get back to the pie chart. Uh, George, what, what comes next?
0: Uh, so I think uh, self-transcendence versus self-enhancement. Uh, those are the, the next two. And... Uh, for tr- self-transcendence, these are, uh, you know, you, you might think of them to some degree as uh, the 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 more uh, charitable nature that uh, that that we may have, you know, preserving and enhancing the welfare of others, uh, recognizing uh, the community, the in-group, uh, the you know the the notion of uh, thinking of others instead of oneself. Uh, And this can be on a very uh, close personal basis, which would be more benevolence. Or if you think of the group as a whole, a much larger group, that would be more universalism. This notion that we are more than ourselves. We are part of a group and that we recognize that others have value and that that can be a pretty significant influencer of our behavior and how it is that we choose to act.
1: Well said. And these actually map onto Lawrence Kohlberg's moral reasoning stages, which is in, it's sort of interesting overlap in science. Now, Kohlberg was a developmental moral psychologist, and his theory was that we kind of move from a very egotistical, self-driven way of thinking when we're young, especially in your childhood years. And as you move through adolescence, you start to to widen that scope of influence to, to help others and be benevolent. And then ultimately, the, the sort of final act of the Kohlberg uh, stages was more of this universalism, self-transcendence kind of thinking about what's the greatest good for society as a whole. So it's nice to see some overlap here. And uh, again, this was found by Schwartz to exist around the world in different cultures. Opposing self-transcendence, so what's most opposite to it is the uh, self-enhancement set of values. and this This is all about uh, doing whatever you can uh, to help yourself. And this uh, includes really three values, the first being achievement. And this is a focus on personal success, uh, demonstrating your competence, uh, meeting social standards. And uh, that does drive a lot of our behavior, but it's very self-focused. Achievement is about you and differentiating yourself from the group to kind of better yourself. And then along with achievement comes power. Uh, It's highly related. Power has to do with really focusing on your social status, your level of prestige, as well as your control of other people and resources. Um, And we think about this as kind of showing dominance in society when you you have power. And uh, next to achievement and power, there's the idea of hedonism. So what drives a lot of this is just the pursuit of pleasure uh, for oneself, and, and hedonism tends to have, uh, Shalom Schwartz found that it, it's a self-enhancement value, but it also moves into that openness to change area, and I think the reason is hedonism kind of, this, the pursuit of self-pleasure sort of drives that that interest in stimulation and, and going out on, on one's own direction, so that's the whole pie chart, um, and uh, let's talk a little about what it means. So I I think of this as uh, also related to uh, Jonathan Haidt's work on uh, basically our values, but our our political values. Haidt uh, is at NYU and he was for a while doing research that was along these same lines, like what uh, you personally valued, whether it be um, tradition or more of this sort of self-direction. And so some of his work overlaps and uh, it's important to think of this as in individuals, every one of us shows um, all of these different sides of ourselves. It's just that when you test any one person on surveys related to this, they'll tend to be uh, higher on some of these values and lower on others. And so uh, my colleague Adam Teed and I were very interested in how uh, the evidence worked at the level of, of the individual. And so we did a brain imaging study. Uh, in my lab that was trying to evaluate, were these real at the level of brain, right? So we've talked in this podcast a lot about the brain's reward systems and um, how they work uh, in evaluating value. And uh, we actually focused on the self-enhancement versus the self-transcendent side of these uh, which are in opposition and uh, the method was pretty clever we had people in a brain imaging scanner and they would essentially read uh, various statements um, such as you know would you uh, like to be involved in helping uh, the homeless uh, in, in the form of, of working on housing for them and we would ask people would you participate in that or do you think it's worthwhile um, and In doing that, we did find evidence for the uh, basic human values theory at the level of the brain. Uh, The most obvious things were that uh, each of these areas of the pie was not its own brain area. Um, Rather, we tended to have uh, power, universalism, and benevolence all had a big network related to maybe our moral sentiments. There was a lot of brain activity in common among those three less activity for achievement so that's that's sort of maybe a more shallow value at the level of the brain um and uh ultimately we're able to find that uh there were some differences related to schwartz theory it didn't quite cut itself up as neatly into that pie chart as he had shown but it certainly did uh validate uh a lot of the you know the the individual and society probably both show this with Schwartz's work being at the societal level, whereas our work was more at the individual level. Okay, so that's the basic human values theory. We encourage you to look at the show notes to actually see the visu- visual representation of this. It's very helpful uh, along with this episode.
0: And uh, George, what are we going to do in episode two on that? I think in episode two, we're going to try to break this down and talk about the relationships between uh, these various values and how we can see them in an applied manner. Uh a lot of what you guys managed to see within your research. And then uh, when we think about it in terms of uh, the uh, how, how some of the opposite of these various values actually are tied closely together and have their various relationships. All
1: right. We look forward to that, and we'll uh, see you again on part two of Basic Human Values Theory. That's all for now. We'll talk to you later. Thank you for spending your time listening to the Mental Models Podcast. Content matters because your brain does not exist in a jar. Please subscribe. Visit mentalmodelspodcast.com for updates on Dan and George's upcoming book release titled Understanding Behavioral Bias, A Guide to Improving Financial Decision Making. Also available on mentalmodelspodcast.com are show notes, book reviews, and upcoming behavioral finance seminars with Dan and George. The Mental Models Podcast can be found on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Twitcher. Please subscribe and thank you for listening.